Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Reverend Susie Devon. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. All right, my friend, I hope you enjoy every minute of this episode. Let me introduce my guest. Susie Devon, LMSW, is an author, speaker, psychotherapist, and healing facilitator who has expertly guided thousands of clients to their innermost pain, transforming wounds into wisdom through compassion, love, and insight. She founded Self-Care Specialist and Blossoming Heart Center to serve those interested in personal growth through therapy, energy healing, uplifting workshops, and retreats. Susie is the author of Mastering Self-Care, Building Resiliency Through Healthy and Mindful Living. Welcome, Susie. Thank you for being here today as we talk about self-care on a budget. And I did want to tell you, you are the only guest that I've had on the podcast three times. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Cindy. I truly appreciate it. And it is an honor and my pleasure. Now, we have talked about self-care on the podcast before, but can we just for, you know, maybe someone who didn't hear those past episodes, can we talk about the definition of self-care? Sure. Self-care, this is a very simple definition, but it's, I look at it as anything that you do for yourself to either achieve or maintain wellness. And it can be taken to infinite levels. We can go deeper and deeper into our self-care. It can be very simple things. Um, someone might call brushing your teeth self-care, although I like to dive deeper into self-care and, um, and maximize the, the benefits of self-care. There are many, many benefits. And um, I like to look at it as a way to truly not just maintain, but optimize our wellness. I love that. And I also want to read a quote by Susan Weiss Berry. And she says, with every act of self-care, your authentic self gets stronger and the critical, fearful mind gets weaker. Every act of self-care is a powerful declaration. I am on my side. I am on my side. Each day, I'm more and more on my side. And I, I love that as well, and I think that's a little bit where you're where you're talking about where you you know optimizing our self care. I really appreciate that quote because the self care truly is about building resiliency. In fact, that's why I named my book what I named it. But also, self care is truly an act of self love. It does take time. It takes effort. It takes energy, but it is an act of self-love. And I look at it as a foundation because we can go so deep within our self-love. However, we've got to start somewhere and starting with the care of ourselves and the advocating for ourselves is, is where it begins. 
Yeah, now we're going to be talking about self-care on a budget. And so I thought maybe I should just talk about what a budget actually is. And, you know, this this episode is not on financial self-care, even though that is so, so important. But I thought we could just talk about a budget very simply is a budget is a plan you write down to decide how you will spend your money each month because saving money is self-care, but it's where do we prioritize our self-care inside the budget we have? Yes, I look at it as how we divide our resources, our financial resources, Mm. but it isn't always just the financial resource because sometimes our resources come in ways of being able to trade services with other people and factoring that into the mix because sometimes when we do that, we can actually save money and that can be helpful while on a budget if, you know, there's a service or something that you can trade. But whatever it is that if self-care is important to you then and wellness is important to you, then you will make time for it. You will find resources or allocate your resources in a way where it becomes a high priority. And there are ways that if you are on a budget, when we are on budgets, that we can really drill down to what is most important to us. And if we have to decide between this or that, because perhaps there aren't the resources for all of everything we desire to do at that point in time, then There are ways to make self-care a priority and there are ways to look at what you do and look at where you spend your money and pull back on those areas that don't add the kind of value that self-care does. So for instance, um, if you like to have cocktails when you go out to dinner, well, that can really rack up the bill very quickly or appetizers. And you could always choose to drink lemon water Of course, that's free. Um, Skip the appetizers because our meals generally come with, at a restaurant, larger portions. Um, There are all kinds of ways to, I'll say, trim the fat and pull out of your regular spending habits things that maybe you've done out of habit or maybe you're doing it, but you know it's not the best thing for you to create more more resources to dedicate towards your self-care. That's, that's something to consider if you are on a budget. And I know we're going to talk about some ideas. I have come up with some, some things that we can do for ourselves when certain luxuries, you know, massages, things like that are not in the cards or are not uh, available to us at that point in time. Another thing, though, I want to add to you is you can also ask, start asking the question to the universe, to God, out loud, how can I attract or earn more money for my self-care? Start asking those questions. I actually ask questions like this out loud because I find that when I ask questions, the, the answers come back to me at some point in time. It may not be in that moment, but sometimes the possibilities, the infinite possibilities of ways that, that money might come um, start to show up. So that's something you can do too is ask the question And of course, it's not just about asking a question or manifesting it with your mind and your imagination. That's fantastic. But it's also about taking action. And I shared with you, Susie, that 
one of the things that I started several years ago was changing out my credit card to a cash back credit card. I, it's so simple to say that out loud, but you know, if you're going to be using, you know, I pay it off as soon as it comes in, but if you're going to be using your credit card and you might as well have one that gets cash back or gets points or gets something that is going to be useful to you. Yes, little ways that that money just sort of shows up where you can have a little stash or uh, a little something that you can draw upon when you need it is always helpful. Yes. Now we are going to talk about how do we practice self-care on a tight budget, a modest, and an upscale budget. And one of the things that I thought about what first thing was walking is the ultimate self-care activity on a tight budget. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite ways to exercise, but it can be so much more than exercise. Um, you can, one, it's free, but you can do it around your neighborhood. You can go to places that don't cost money like well, I suppose it depends on where you live, but there are certain parks and nature centers and whatnot where you can go for walks and um, and just enjoy nature. But it doesn't, another benefit to this is self-care is that um, there's a book I'd like to, to shout out here called Walking Your Blues Away. And it's by Thom, T-H-O-M Hartman. And this book talks about how you can use bilateral stimulation as you're walking to, in a sense, do your own therapy. So just the the guy version here, I haven't read this book in a very long time, but when I read it, I was really impressed with it. It's a simple read. And when you start your walk, you might think, okay, perhaps sometimes we're, you know, we can be triggered or irritated or frustrated. And you start your walk not denying how you feel. Let yourself feel in your body how it feels, your emotions. Maybe you're on a little, a little rant. So Think about what's frustrating you. Let yourself feel in your body where you're feeling tension and whatnot and just walk and sort of let yourself have that moment to be real with how you feel. But then about midway through the walk, turn your thinking around and start thinking about, well, yeah, this is really frustrating, but these are the things I can learn from it. This is the takeaway from this experience, and this is what I can do about it. And you will automatically start to feel a lot better and you're shifting things within your mind in a big way and creating new neural networks or pathways. And the thing also is about this, when I read this book, I loved the book because I realized I, I, I walk a lot. I've walked forever um, since I was you know young. And, um, and I noticed that what he was talking about is how walking really did my own therapy before I even went to school or became a therapist. It was just this thing that I did that automatically I start feeling more positive about halfway through it if I'm frustrated or whatnot. And of course, if you're not frustrated, then that's perfect. Just stay in your high vibration, stay in your joy and, um, and enjoy your walk and be present with what's around you and, and um, take in nature, take in the fresh energy and the grounding energy of the earth and, uh, it's got so many benefits. It really is like the ultimate the ultimate exercise while you're on a budget, but it's so much more than that. And even if you don't have a really, 
you know, even if you don't have a tight budget, it's a fantastic thing to do. You know, one of the other ideas that I had that you, if you're on a tight budget, and actually it doesn't even matter what kind of budget you're on, and this is something that that I've experienced myself, is what your alarm sounds like in the morning. I know that when my fiance and I got together, his alarm was one of like those foghorns, and it would jar me awake, and I would, it would immediately just kind of like not set a very good tone for the day because of how how awkward I was woken up with this fog alarm. And so, you know, after, you know, a few times of that, I was like, oh, no, we're going to have to change your alarm to something much calmer. And it even made such a difference with him. And I know that sounds funny to be talking about alarms and how we wake up in the day, but I think that is a form of self-care, how we wake up in the mornings. I'd love to get your thought on that, Susie. I absolutely agree. If you can even set your alarm and perhaps it's a snooze so that you can wake up but not have to jump right out of bed. And one of the greatest ways to start a meditation practice, or even if you have a practice that you've had for a while, is just to lay in bed and to breathe. You will feel your breath as you are laying there in stillness better than probably ever throughout the day. And so just focusing on your breath and what does your body feel like and truly be in your body, inhabit your body and nurture yourself. And you can even lie in bed and think positive thoughts about what you would like to create for the day. What are you know, I ask those questions. What amazing adventures and opportunities am I going to have today? Universe, God, what have you got in store for me today? And leave it open. And I just start to feel an openness in my heart. And um, and so these are some of the ways that I start my day. It's I find it to be really nurturing and soothing to gently get out of bed and to feel your covers and just be present in that warm, safe space before facing the day. A simple little tool, but um, but it works really quite nicely. It's a way to connect with yourself and get centered before you step out into the world. Now, what other self care practices do you can you recommend if someone is on a tight budget? Something that I would like to mention is that massage is a fantastic thing that. You know, everybody enjoys a massage, or most people do, which isn't just a fluffy foo-foo thing. It can be very deep and therapeutic, but not everybody can afford a massage. But there are different ways that we can massage ourselves. So a wonderful tool to have or a little piece of equipment is a foam roller so that you can lie on your back and sort of roll out your shoulders. Um, You want to be careful that you don't injure yourself in any way, but You can lie lengthwise on the foam roller and just lie with your chest or your arms kind of out um, at an angle or straight out, and it's a great chest opener. You can roll, use the foam roller to roll out your T-bands on the side of your legs or your quads. Um, I've even used the foam roller to roll out areas like very, you have to be gentle with this because it's kind of tender, but underneath your arms. So it's a great way to give yourself a little bit of a mini massage. We can use tennis balls to roll out 
um, our feet on the bottom of them. And that feels amazing. And that can be like getting a foot massage or like I have these balls that are sort of made for rolling your feet out that are a little bit prickly and um, they work fantastically. Something else you can do is if you have an area that hurts, just gently massage it. Um, Our bodies love to have, to, to be touched, but there is something about touching your own body and, and massaging it or just putting your hand on it in, in a painful area or even your heart and saying, I am here and just being present with yourself because truly that is an act of self-love. And that's a lot of times where people are missing the mark is because they're trying to get love from everywhere else, but they're not loving themselves. And when we do for ourselves that which we wish we would like from others, when we love ourselves, when we support ourselves, when we have compassion for ourselves, then we attract that from outside. But it truly is an inside job and starts within us. So this is something that you know I'd like to mention because it really is powerful to, you know, you can massage your hands, you can massage your forearms, you can massage lots of parts of your body. Um, and it, when you do it with compassion, with understanding, with gentleness, with appreciation, by saying, I love you, body. Thank you for holding up for me every day. Because this body is your temple and it's going to be with you as long as you're in the physical body. So become, it, you know, work together and, and become best friends with yourself and with your body. And you'll be amazed at the results. Another thing I'd like to mention is, I know earlier I said something about that book and that it was almost like a way. It's similar to doing your own therapy. And of course, if you really need therapy, uh, I highly recommend reaching out to a professional resource. But it, it can be beneficial and uplifting. But affirmations can be beneficial and uplifting also. And so with respect to affirmations, when you create an affirmation, what you want to do, or I feel the most powerful way to create these affirmations and to declare them is to create, think about what it is you want to desire and put that into a phrase that is in the present as if it's already happening. And it's also very powerful to begin them with I am statements. I am this, uh, I am confident, I am self-assured, I am healthy, I am gentle and compassionate with myself, I am motivated and inspired to make self-care a high priority in my life. These are just a few, but you can make these, you know, these limitless statements on anything and everything for yourself. And if you have negative thinking, you know, if you find yourself in a pattern where you're thinking negative, then just stop the cycle right now, right, right then, right now, get off of the wheel and repeat one of your statements out loud. And just, it's like rewriting your script. I'm not going to think like this anymore. Uh, If you're having negative thoughts about yourself, stop it and just reframe your thinking by utilizing one of your, one of your affirmations, make it like your mantra for the day. I think that would be pretty powerful walking as well, especially if you were out in nature. Exactly. And using, of course, the bilateral stimulation of walking that helps to retrain your brain and creates those new uh, path neural pathways in your brain. So it helps you to think differently. Now, I will tell you, 
that after you do a walk that's really powerful where you were intentional and you use affirmations and you sort of do the method that I mentioned earlier that, that Thom talks about in his book, Dr. Or Thom Hartman, is that you may feel a little residual after your walk. Let's say you, you start walking, you feel like you're in a funk, then you turn it around. By the time you get back, you're feeling lighter and better. And then there may be some changes that you notice in the next few days, you know, where some of the emotions come up to be released. That's typical of a powerful therapy session anyway. But you do need to know that you need to be gentle with yourself as you're processing the work you just did with yourself over the next few days. But generally, it works really well. And of course, if you need more, then by all means, uh, seeking out a professional therapy service or session would be advisable. Now, Susie, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about self-care on a tight budget or are you ready to move to more of a modest budget? A few more things on the, the tighter budget. Utilize technology. That can be your friend. Uh, so there's so much available now on the internet. Uh, you could probably find free yoga classes. I know there are meditations that are free, guided, click and listen or download. And some of them are on my website. I've got four on each of my websites. There are lots of videos, books is books can be a great way to get information and to work on self-care through learning. And it's less expensive than private sessions with healers and practitioners, for instance. So that's definitely um, something I'd like to put out there. And then the other thing is, is um, there's always, you know, people often forget about public libraries, but public libraries do have technology that you can utilize most often. Um, they, of course, have books, but they can often get books as well. So if you're on a really tight budget, don't forget about these resources that can provide you information and ideas and a lot of how to do yourself um, resources and tools. Now, I do guided meditations on YouTube basically every day. But I had to, I almost wanted to start laughing when you talked about the public library because I think we've forgotten about the public library, and it's full of information. Definitely. And there are free classes at places too. Like some communities will have a community yoga, or there are centers that may have classes that are either free or offered at a reduced rate. So there are ways to work with it. It just, it does take a little bit of research and a little bit of willingness to look around. But there are possibilities and ways that we can do this, you know, even if there's not a lot of money in the budget for self-care. All right. So let's go ahead and move to, uh, if someone is on a modest budget, how can they like take that self-care, you know, up a notch or two? Sure. Um, a few suggestions I have for a modest budget are, I mean, for somebody who has really places a lot of their resources towards self-care. They're most, a lot of them are going to be likely to eat organic food, but if not, I would highly suggest it. But for a modest budget, if that's something you'd want to do, but you're not able to, you could at least look at the dirty, and this could even go for the lower budget, look at the dirty dozen. Um, just look up, it's really easy to find on the internet, look up the dirty dozen. It's also in my book or, and look up the clean 15. So the dirty dozen are the foods that you would most benefit 
most benefit from buying organic. Those are the ones that are going to be the most heavily sprayed with chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, etc. And then the clean 15 are the foods, the vegetables and fruits that it, it doesn't really matter if you buy it organic or if you buy it conventional. So if that's the case, then of course you would want to buy a conventional and then that can save some money. Some other things on a moderate budget. I've noticed with my clients, sometimes I have clients that want to do either therapy or the energy healing that I facilitate, but their budgets are a little tight. So they might, you know, not think that, well, this isn't in the cards now, but maybe later. And something that I I mentioned to them is that, you know, even if you do something once a month to focus on yourself and do some of this healing work, um, helping to work with your subconscious beliefs and unpacking the emotional energies that can be carried around, which we'll also call baggage, even once a month, that's not like an every week thing. And when we're really doing good work, I'm not somebody who keeps my clients coming weekly for very long at all, or if at all, um, because the work works and it's just not necessary in most cases. But what can you do that would move you the direction you want to go? Even if it's just once a month or every six weeks, that's better than nothing if you need some professional help, but aren't able to put a lot of resources towards it. Um, The same thing holds true for massage. So it's better to get your massage once every three months, once a quarter, than to not do it at all, or body work, for instance. Additionally, joining classes at a yoga studio or at the Y might be a great way to to do self-care on a on a moderate budget because there are some classes and packages and whatnot that can be reasonable not free but reasonable and so that would be a great way to um to do some self-care on a moderate budget i was going to mention that i had a massage on saturday And it it made me think about when you talked about having a massage once a quarter, because that's about how often I have one. And as I was having the massage, you know, I know we talk about on the podcast so much about, you know, all of the internal work that we do around self-care. But I will admit that it felt really good because I had such a headache. And when I left my headache was gone. So those that body work is also important. Now, Susie, what about if you have an unlimited budget? I mean, I'm sure we could both think of all the things that, you know, someone would want to do with a with a an upscale budget. But do you have a couple of thoughts around that? Someone with someone with an upscale budget or a budget that they can do what I look at that as they do what they need when they need it. They don't have the restriction or they have less restriction. And it doesn't always mean to be able to maneuver like that. It doesn't always mean that you have a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Um, It may mean that you just prioritize your self-care as such that it is at the top of your priority list. I am one of those people who that's how I look at it. It's like a top priority So I do what needs to be done as it's needed. So if I sprain my hip or, you know, do something where I need some, uh, some chiropractic care or another body work, then I tend to go take care of it sooner than later so that it doesn't fester. As someone with 
you know, a, a healthy self-care budget might schedule more regular massages. So maybe it's once a month, every month, or um, I've had time periods where I do them every other week if I've got a lot going on. Of course, having regular exercise, it might be a combination of things like walking, but also joining a, a yoga studio or taking classes, Taekwondo, Qigong, joining a fitness center. It might involve doing therapy or energy healing as you're diving deep into your stuff and wanting to peel back the layers of what's not authentically you so that you can really um, embody and, and shine out what truly is you more authentically, more freely. There are so many benefits to that work. And so that's another one that's really good to do as needed, or maybe you just get with someone where you work and unpack some stuff rather rapidly. That's a lot of times how my clients come to me. They might want to do a session once a week or every other week for a short period of time, but then they're onto the as needed or once a month kind of a thing just for a tune-up, which is a great way to keep yourself working on your work. So those are some ideas of some things that you can do. Additionally, somebody who um, really, really is placing a, a larger amount or a, a decent-sized portion of their expenditures on self-care will factor in vacations or time away, pedicures, or whatever it is that is your thing, um, making it a priority, and even trying new things, even putting, you know, investing into hobbies. Some uh, hobbies can be more expensive than others. Um, and additionally, eating really healthy, good food, having a, like a reverse osmosis or some kind of a really good um, water filter in the kitchen. I mean, these are a few things that somebody who's more focused on it um, is going to invest more. And ultimately, sometimes we value it and we're not able to put a lot into it. And then that's where the on a budget ideas really come into play. And then there's also when we really value it and we can put money towards it, then doing so. And there is no right or wrong. It's whatever resonates with you, whatever works with you. Sometimes we have more money and resources than we do at other times. And sometimes we need more, more care for ourselves than other times. I mean, I think self-care is always an important and essential thing, but the more stress we have in our lives, the more we have going on. In a sense, we, that's where focusing more on it will help you get through those times and help you to become resilient. Although sometimes when we get stressed, uh, we find ourselves having less time and not putting the emphasis on it, but ultimately that doesn't work very well. One of the things that came up for me as you were talking, Susie, is also if we, I was going to say if we shed judgment, but maybe what I want to say is if we don't compare ourselves to other people and we just do what feels right for our spiritual health, our mental health, our physical health, and just not compare it to what somebody else is doing. I think that's also really important. Definitely. We each have different, we each have our own needs. And the more connected we are with ourselves, the more we understand what our needs are. And to make them individual to us, 
uh, you do you. I think that's really important. And um, you know you better than anyone in the world, do you? And it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing or how they're doing it. That's their to each his own. Just do what resonates with you and stay in tune with yourself and what you need. That's an important question. What do I need right now? What would I enjoy? What would help me through this time? What would make me more resilient? And then honor yourself and your needs and come up with a plan that will fit within the resources that you have to dedicate to your self-care. And if you need more than what your resources are allowing, then look at your resources, look at how you're spending them now, and see if there aren't some minor changes that you can make that will allow you a little bit more to to dedicate to your self-care. Oh, that was beautiful, Susie. And one of the things that I, I just wanted to mention, and we may have already um, talked about this, that maybe self-care and our budget is not something that people normally think about. But I think it's really important to factor in that self-care because it improves the quality of our life just so much. Most definitely. You've talked a little bit about our affirmations and strategies for eating well. Is there any, any other things you wanted to add to that? I can't think of anything at the moment. I will say that the affirmations can be very helpful and reframing your thinking. But some of the work that I do is around subconscious beliefs. I help people with a process called Psych-K to repattern their subconscious beliefs. using It's like using affirmations. However, there's a different way. There's a process that is coupled up with that. And it is like putting affirmations on steroids. I use muscle testing. And I have had clients who have come to me that had affirmations that they were doing. I, I remember one person in particular who had these great affirmations, was doing them for like two years and came to me, but yet he was affirming what it is he wanted in his life, but it was not happening. And so I did that process with him. And it's a way of clearing the blockage within ourselves and within our minds and where we've got some, some blockage and some resistance stored. And then his affirmations became true. That's when everything started shifting for him. And I'm not saying it's always like that or that affirmations are not helpful if you don't do it using the subconscious belief repatterning. But if you really want to get down to business and um, and you have the resources to be able to, to do something like that, it can be really helpful. Well, while we're on that topic, can you go ahead and let our listeners know your websites and how they can work with you? Sure. So I have one business called Blossoming Heart Center, and you can reach me through blossomingheartcenter.com. I can work with you any, from anywhere in the world. I do remote sessions, and they work just as well as doing in-person sessions. And so with that business, I do emotional somatic healing, subconscious belief repatterning, inner child healing, past life regression, uh, life exploration through hypnosis, soul retrieval, uh, divine energy transmissions, higher self reconnection and downloads, and spiritual coaching and guidance. And then with the other business, Self-Care Specialists, which is selfcarespecialists.com, 
I facilitate psychotherapy in the state of Kansas. Susie, I really appreciate you being on the podcast and really talking about self-care on a budget and giving all these fabulous, you know, tips and thoughts. Do you have any last words for our listeners? My last words are to, my encouragement would be to make yourself a priority. So many of us have been conditioned to put ourselves on the back burner or to not even think of ourselves because we're so busy giving to others, to our children, our families, within our workplace, um, our friends. And we can forget ourselves in the mix. And we have so much more empathy, love, compassion to give others when our cup is full. So I I can't overemphasize how important this is. We truly need a paradigm shift where we are caring for ourselves, loving and honoring ourselves, showing up full so that we can be that light that the world needs right now. And sometimes we don't feel it and that's okay. And when you don't, then dedicate some some love, some time, some self-care to yourself, whether it's with, through your own methods or with some help to get through that, through that valley so that you can keep rising. I love all of that. I love that entire message. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you again, Cynthia. It truly is an honor. And thank you listeners for joining us. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you, Susie Devon, for joining us. And I hope the tips Susie shared about self-care on a budget was helpful to you. As always, thanks for listening to Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. If you love this conversation and you want to continue it or want to share your thoughts, your takeaways, or any ahas that come up, come on over to Instagram. That is where I spend most of my time when it comes to social media. I'm at cindy.macmillan on Instagram. Make sure you're following me, say hello, and I'd love to hear from you.